God is with you. Let us pray. Spirit of the desert, you drove Jesus to the edge of the world to find his truth and calling. Scour our hearts and awaken our hunger that freed from empty clinging we might find ourselves in you. Through Jesus Christ, Lord of the Wilds. Amen. Back in 2008, just before I started seminary, I took a trip around the world looking at the major world religions in their context. One of my favorite stops was an ashram in southern India. The ashram was founded by a Benedictine monk named Bede Griffiths. Bede Griffiths was a student of C.S. Lewis at Oxford, and the two were lifelong friends. After years of Benedictine monastic life in England, Griffiths felt called to India. He later wrote, about interfaith experiences and mysticism. His ashram is in the countryside of Tamil Nadu in southern India. It's called Shantivanam, meaning forest of peace. My time there was filled with that forest of peace, filled with peace. The ashram is on a tree-lined riverbank. The silence of the countryside is punctuated by the sounds of wild peacocks. My cell had little geckos that would climb the walls occasionally and even come up and uh, sit on my hand. I befriended a father and son who lived nearby, and every morning we would play badminton in the forest. The rest of the days, I was engaged in deep prayer and meditation. The ashram gathered for services morning, noon, and night. And after services, we ate meals of simple, rice-based vegetarian food, seated on the ground, with large leaves for plates, and our hands for utensils. The whole experience was absolutely gorgeous. But not everyone enjoyed it as I did. There was an English woman at the ashram who locked herself inside her cell. She refused to come out. It seems the woman had come a few weeks before I did. She bounced around India from ashram to ashram, teacher to teacher, carrying her discontent everywhere she went. She was severely depressed, bitter, and dripping with hatred. Eventually, the monks asked me to try to talk to her. I got her to come out of her cell to do what she wanted to do, which was smoke a cigarette. So there, on the edge of a beautiful ashram in a forest overlooking a lush river, we sat while she smoked and through vitriolic curses she disparaged not only Shantivanam, but all the ashrams she'd been to 
and spirituality as a whole. None of it mattered to her because none of it had broken her skepticism and discontent. She was in one of the most beautiful and peaceful places on this planet, and she couldn't see any of it. She was consumed by her vision of herself and the world. Happy are they whose sin is put away and in whose spirit there is no guile. Today we begin the Lenten journey, 40 days plus Sundays of wandering in the wilderness, 40 days of preparing for life resurrected, of clearing our vision. And what better way to start than with original sin. Don't you just love that? Such a life-giving passage. Patriarchy, misogyny, devils, snakes, hatred of animals. This passage has it all. We have to acknowledge the damage this passage has done and continues to do. But for today, I want to hone in on one bit. The eyes of both were open and they knew that they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made loincloths. Adam and Eve discover shame. And they discover shame without Brene Brown's antidote, right? Vulnerability. We've talked about that at other times, but we're going to talk about other things today. I know that each and every one of us is a child of God, and I wish that every child of God could feel comfortable, beautiful, and loved in their bodies. I also know that's never going to happen, but I do wish it. Regina Spector has this song called Folding Chair in which she sings, I've got a perfect body, though sometimes I forget. I've got a perfect body because my eyelashes catch my sweat. The human body really is absolutely incredible. You know, the eyes blink 20 times per minute, which comes to greater than 10 million times a year. Isn't it amazing that we do these things and that our bodies don't wear out? That we can still blink all of our life? It's unbelievable. Laid end-to-end, an adult human's blood vessels would encircle the earth, the equator, four times. Amidst those miracles, I also acknowledge that human bodies are not always beautiful. Aside from illnesses, injuries, maladies, and severe abnormalities, the reality of the human body is smelly, nasty and weird take it from the father of three little boys also recognize that nakedness is not always beautiful and seinfeld there's this episode about bad naked and talks about how there there are things that you just should not do naked like sanding a floor or like coughing in front of someone 
But what Adam and Eve go through is not bad naked. What they experience is shame. They are ashamed of what they have done, and it gets expressed as shame of their bodies. They've gone from blissful, naked people with everything they need to shame-filled wanderers hiding from God. They are in the ashram, but they are angry and locked in their rooms. Always before us, always with us, is the infinite unfolding mystery of love eternal. In Lent, we are trying to cleanse that view, clear our vision, see the beauty that surrounds us. Yesterday morning, I took my boys up to the ridge to be in the snow. How amazing to have that vision of the snow and to be in it. We went up early and there was no one around. We had a huge snowball fight and had a, just really enjoyed it. And on our way back... The clouds cleared, and we could see all the way over the islands. In the best moments of this life, we get a glimpse into that deep beauty, into the reality of eternity, the reality that God is God. God is the source of life and love and everything else that we place in the position of utmost import will fail and distract us from what matters most. That's the heart of this gospel passage. Jesus, his responses in these tests or temptations all boil down to that, that line from Steve Earle, God is God. And anything that distracts us from that reality needs to go. We lose sight of God when we think we are in control of everything. When we pretend that things like money, power, influence, or achievement matter more. We also lose sight of God when religion calcifies and we as individuals espouse exclusivist claims about God, as in my understanding of God is the only understanding of God. And perhaps the most common way of losing sight of love eternal is when it is shrouded in fear. We lose sight of God when we worry about the future. Here, right now, we have an incredible community, a great church family. Over the course of eight years together, we have built up trust and affection. We have endured global pandemics, shockwaves in our democracy, and untold personal trials. We've also had a lot of fun. For the next 40 days, I want to soak up this time we have together to dive into it, to plunge into it, to focus on being together and sharing what we have been given. God has been with us, God is with us, and God will be with us through whatever lies ahead. That vision of God is always there, 
whether our thoughts are bad naked, hungry for bread, or clear view of snow-dusted mountains high above the ocean. Amen. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord.